0: okay hello everyone and welcome back to on a level my name is amira latif and this is my brand new podcast um so this is episode three and i'm really excited to be joined today by um someone from the us um sister so this is called ahlam so ahlam thank you so much Assalamualaikum. thank you so much for joining us do you mind introducing yourself
1: yeah hi everyone i am across the pond i'm ahlam um it's funny, my, three is my favorite numbers. When you said that, I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, so I'm based in um, Seattle, Washington, which is the West Coast. Um, and yeah, so I recently graduated from the University of Washington where I uh, studied political econ and information systems. Um, and I work in the field of consulting. I've been working there for a year now. So as I think, do you all call your stuff corporate America? Like we, for us working, we call it corporate America. Like what's your-
0: Yeah. Leader? I guess so yeah like the corporate sort of field and like yeah. the sort of field yeah I guess yeah, that,
1: that yeah. Uh, I work in corporate America and like in America that's like embarrassing it's like oh the ghetto like that's what I work in and <laughs> it truly is um um so I was like as I was just like recoping like just like working and stuff like that I realized and I think everybody in the pandemic found themselves to some extent like throughout the pandemic I realized how passionate I am about wellness and nutrition I've always been but because of my ED, I thought I could never like talk about or discuss it because I feel like I was just not equipped, but I did my research and stuff like that. So long talk. I'm done now. I'm registered um, at INN and um, on the path of becoming a holistic health coach, inshallah, after I hope to go back to school for my master's to become a registered dietitian um, and just help people who have like autoimmune diseases, who have body image issues um, and hormonal issues, just because like um, essentially what I went through and I think it's the same in the UK but like as a black woman here in America the doctors the medical field literally sees you as a joke they do not take you serious And I think we'll talk about it but like when I first got diagnosed with my autoimmune it was like a shit show it was just so hard to like be understood and like it's like it, it, a lot of gaslighting to say so I just wanted like a lot of like people in my community never to go through that and like understand that like I think a lot of like Somali a lot of like communities like have their own holistic way of healing um, and I think it's important that like we recognize that and allow them to practice those in correlation with uh, modern day medicine or western medicine as I should say so yeah that's like some of the things I like to talk about and know people about <laughs>
0: No, that's amazing. It's not annoying at all. It's, um, it's really interesting, actually, because I just kind of stumbled across your Instagram. And then I saw some of your posts. And I just thought, I think it's quite a new, it looks like quite a new account. Like, it looks like it's kind of just started. But, and um, some of the things that you were posting about were really interesting to me, and I think a lot of people would resonate with them. So it's, you know, it's amazing. And, and thank you so much again for coming on. Um. I just kind of wanted to start off by just sort of putting out like a little trigger warning so we are going to be talking in this a little bit about eating disorders or EDs um, and we're going to be talking you know about body positivity body dysmorphia um, and so and some mental health issues as well so if you guys are uncomfortable talking about those things or listening to those things and you know feel free to not listen to this podcast or if you want to listen to a it later on that's absolutely fine but just wanted to put that out there um so I think we just probably maybe like get started about kind of your journey really um if you're like right, talking about it um sort of before you were diagnosed with with Hashimoto's um what what kind of led up to that can if you don't mind talking about it.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess like when I look into my health chart, like my whenever like they did like your yearly annual checks and stuff like that, um, like my thyroid level was kind of like a bit higher than my age every year. So they were just like kind of waiting for me to be diagnosed, but I was never told that or like, my family. Um, so I like always start, had horrible periods. I had like digestive issues, um, and I just was like at the age of fifteen, they put me on birth control. They're like, oh, your periods suck. Like just be on birth control. So I was like, I was in and out. I'm 23 right now, but I've been on, on and off of birth control since I was, uh, 15. So I was on birth control and stuff like that. And then my, the year 2017, I felt really ill. Like I was always like, um, I was super active. Like I was that kid who was always involved in a million things at school. Like doing the most. Like. 24 hours is not enough for me, you know, and I can sleep in three hours and i would be okay. But I was really fatigued. Like I was always sleepy. I was like sleeping. I felt really drained in my head. I was like, oh, it's just probably uni. Um, and my periods were getting worse, worse, like just super heavy, super bad. Like I literally like, I remember I was, um, the day I like told the lady this is enough I think I have thyroid you need to go check I need blood tests run on me I thought that I was um at a nearby clinic I was just getting my nearly checked and I literally couldn't sit I was like I need to lay down I'm like I'm gonna faint like I felt like so ill and she was like oh like I'm sorry like cramps suck which I hate like I think like yes cramps suck but like some people have crazy like Mm. cramp pain like I literally like been to the, I last year alone I was in the ER eight times because of my period cramps like it, it can get crazy um and I think like people just assume like this is normal and i get to this but like when you get di- when I got diagnosed with my thyroid my biggest issue has been all my medical issues just get labeled it's just all oh, your it's your Hashimoto's it's your Hashimoto's it's your Hashimoto's and I'm like this like this guy doesn't miss like everything it's he controls it um but so yeah so I um always had period and digestive issues but I never had like energy I never had like um hot cold so like that year I was like getting extremely cold like my temperature was off um my hair and stuff was okay my skin was okay I'm trying to think of another symptom the fatigueness was the biggest one I just and I also felt like I always say this but I felt like my body was crashing on me like I literally just like some days would just feel like am I dying what's going on so um to keep the story short I went to that the day I was like super sick I was like hey look I looked it up I think I have a thyroid imbalance can I get my blood work and she was like why do you think that um um, so I just, like, said whatever I heard from WebMD, like, word, 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 I said I got all this stuff, which I did, um, and she was, like, okay, wow, that's interesting, sounds like you, you might, let's get, let's run your test, and then, like, a day or two later, I was at the university library, she, the hospital called me panicking, and they're, like, oh, my God, your levels are insane, you need to start your medication ASAP, like, and as soon as possible, like, today, tomorrow, whatever, and she was, like, also, like, back in May, you had blood work done, and we, showed that you have hypo like it showed that you're like you had a thyroid issue like did somebody not call you I was like nope nobody called me I was living my life um and she's like hey Ashley take start taking medication to come visit us and we went to the doctors um and the person who was in charge of my thyroid was just like gaslight queen she was like taking medication I was like hey is there like any diet because my mom was like you know, I get it. We got to take these medications, but I don't want to put my daughter on like high level because she was giving me the same level as pregnant women do when they're on their, when they have thyroid. She's like, your levels are just insane. You need to start this high. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Like, can we start lower? And like, can she change her diet? Is there any other, she's like, no, there's she can't change anything. And like, even the way, like I was at the time 19 like 19 year old comes in you're telling her about this disease you found on her and she's like you're probably not gonna get pregnant you can't do-. she's just going on the things you can't 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 do it was a long list and i was like oh god um and but yeah so alhamdulillah like every re- i i immediately removed gluten out of my diet over the first year uh, just because a lot of people recommended gluten to be removed and i felt a tad bit better but um as time went by i like kind of just researched like what works for the disease like what are things to do like the way of living with a thyroid, just because it consumes your whole life. Like, I like some days wake up and I like can eat anything and like I just feel like I, my body is just like bloated. I feel disgusting. I feel disturbed. You know what I mean? Alhamdulillah, did the past few years. I've been able to find something that works for me, and I don't have um, these insane symptoms. Like I'd say eighty nine percent of my symptoms are gone, and that's all through food. That's all through food. That's all through changing um, holistic pajama. Just doing things that like you know work um and your, body you know and again this works for me you might not work for other people I still take my medication every day as well I still get my blood work done um I, yeah so it's like it, it, alhamdulillah, I feel better but you know having an autoimmune really controls your life I feel like sometimes I'm just sitting there like I'm a victim but you know alhamdulillah
0: alhamdulillah I know honestly that sounds like you've been through such a journey with you know getting to getting to the point of diagnosis and then afterwards in the treatments and it's interesting what you say about kind of getting the medication but also using your own like sort of holistic medicine and hijama as well which is obviously very very uh, popular and if anyone doesn't know what that is it's basically um, cupping so like uh, is it wet cupping if I'm right yeah Yeah. wet cupping so dry cupping as well and dry cupping as well so um, it's basically you can look it up but it's one of the things that um our prophet um he like used that and he advocated for it so um for any people who are not familiar with it or who are not muslim and maybe don't know about it that's what it is um but so and a lot of people do use that a lot of sports people use it as well it's quite interesting isn't it so um do you think that like you know your journey to being diagnosed and kind of people not really kind of we say like fobbing off like sort of palming you off a bit like about your diagnosis do you think you know there is a kind of school of thought that you know if you're from a different kind of background or if you're a person of color as well I think a lot of people find that they're not necessarily taken seriously do you feel like you had something like that a similar experience to that or do you think it was something else
1: yeah I think like I think in America I do still have a sense of privilege because like obviously my accent you would you know I sound um sound like I'm born and raised here, which throws them off when they see me because I am a hijabi. Dude, don't, I don't look like I'm from here on their quota terms. So I think um, being born and raised here and understanding the system kind of gives me an advantage, but like they, to some extent, they'll still gaslight you because of my age, for instance, or because they're like, okay, I'm the doctor, you're not. I know what I'm doing, you don't. And they like the way they go about it is like, they go, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and I've never seen somebody change their diet and get better. Um, and it's, it's a complete shutdown. You know, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna argue with that. Or um, like, and it's like it's it's sometimes you're like okay like so I remember like I think I could find posts but like my first few years I would go into the hospital like I'm at war like it's like me versus the doctor like I'm ready to like start a fight like I'm I'm ready to like fight for for what I like I'm like hey I feel this this way I need these tests run immediately uh, because like when when you think of your thyroid it controls a lot but like there's so much symptoms that are so abnormal that you, I I sometimes still don't believe Like, like sometimes I have like intense joint pain. I'm like, do I have arthritis? Like what's going on? Muscle pain and stuff like that. Or like little things that they don't communicate. So one of my good friends um, and me, like both got diagnosed with the same disease Hashimoto's at one of the same time. And then we met at uni. So bless her, like I literally, Consult her, and I feel like she's been more of a help than my doctor. Like for example, like last year, and this is why I say always consult your doctors if you can trust them or whatever. But last year, me and her like started taking like these vitamin D, calcium, zinc pills. Oh, sorry, magnesium. I mean, all these like uh, vitamin pills because it was told that to helps with energy and stuff like that, and we seen it online. So we both, without speaking, we both took it. Things hit the fan. I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little off. And another thing is when you have an autoimmune, you become really in tune with your body every morning I like every day I just check in I know exactly how I'm feeling I know what I need to do so if I feel really fatigued I feel really like this I'm like let me up my water intake. maybe I didn't take I like kind of consult with my body like I like this summer for example uh yeah uh this summer for example um, this year I was like weightlifting really heavy Alhamdulillah, like I enjoyed weightlifting I really was into it yeah. really liked it and then um this like two weeks ago I hope my personal trainer is not listening I love you yeah. But I had to take a break. I just took, took a break, and I was like, you know what, my body just. I maybe mean, I'm gonna start doing pilates and yoga and take it easy because light work, um, like more like heavy light works, light, light workouts. Um, people recommend for people with hormonal imbalances, and I felt so much better. And I was like, oh my god, I like this. I might just start taking pilates. Although I love weightlifting, and it's there just like in tune with your body. So, anyways, look, uh, my friend, I'm not gonna. I don't know if she's comfortable with me yapping her name out with her health issues. <laughs> we always consult and like we found out so much things like I'm like oh my god you took these pills and you feel this way that's crazy and she goes yeah my doctor told me that uh, uh, like interferes with your medication um and like these like little things we go on back and forth so alhamdulillah like I found a guidance in her like she just helped me so much and like whatever works for me like she tells me like back and forth so that's been helpful but yeah like in America and I think just western world like they don't really listen um and Mm -hmm. it's like they see you as a problem and they're just gonna just try your best to solve it in their way and like you cannot give any input into that which is so annoying because it's like this is my care plan like this is my body like the equation we're all trying to solve is my body and if you're not going to listen to the brains behind it you know what i mean like it's annoying mm-hmm. but i like um but alhamdulillah as time went by i think my doctors like met me in the middle because i would go and honestly like i would gaslight them because like i feel like they were under the impression that because they shut me down so much times i would not come back with the same things like i would come back and be like girl, I started a vegan diet and I felt this, this, this. I started shooting shoot. And then like, at times the I was like, fine, we'll meet her in the middle. We'll have these annoying conversations with her. And then like worked out. And like, obviously like another thing I would recommend is change your doctors. Like sometimes like you think like this is the best service you can get. Like this is the best plan you can get. If you can, I don't know how it is in your like countries and stuff like that. But like change your doctors, like change, like actually like f- try your best to find a doctor that works for you. Like try to find a specialist that works for you because it truly makes a change. And then if you are having- hashimoto's or thyroid problem get your thyroid checked for the first few years i would say every 3 to 6 months just cuz like you want to see where you're at like and alhamdulillah once you hit a level where your thyroid norm, um, levels are normal for a long time you can just do it yearly like i just did my yearly check because i've been at a normal a good state for a while and memorize your symptoms like when they come back you should know
0: but yeah mm-hmm. that's really interesting and it's interesting what you said about like different health systems cuz obviously in the us it's all it's all private isn't it and Um, In the UK, we've got, like, the National Health Service. So the way in which kind of thyroid uh, and a lot of chronic conditions are managed are through, like, our GP, so our general practitioner, which is, like, the family sort of... We say, like, traditionally, the the family kind of doctor. So it's, like, the first port of call, like, primary care. Um, Whereas I think in the US, I don't know how... How does it work Does he Do you kind of go to a doctor in the hospital first, or, like, how would it work from that point of view? Yeah,
1: so... um it works so i would everybody has like their primary doctor like their main doctor they'd go to them and that doctor recommend you so yeah. to get recommended to um i think it's so for us our thyroid doctor is like the diabetes doctor like that's in the like same.
0: endocrinologist kind of yeah yeah.
1: In, yeah i can never say that word but they <laughs> they're the same one so they you gotta get recommended but oh my god i found out that like if they think you're okay like you're good like unless you're like your levels are bad and stuff like that because alhamdulillah for the past i'd say like three four years my level's been normal like I have to, like, try to convince them, like, crazy. Be like, I really need to go to see, like, a specialist and stuff like that. But, um, and then they will, like, be like, okay, fine, we'll, like, recommend you. But some places, they just, you automatically have a, your thyroid doctor, you have your primary doctor, you also, like, have, like, if you have, like, gut issues, you you get, you have the, like, you have different departments and stuff like that you're scoped to. But, like, it just depends on, like, it's just so much, because, like, when I was in college, alhamdulillah, like, I was on Obamacare. miss it. I miss this healthcare system. Now that I'm working out, I pay for my own stuff. So I'm like, can't get bougie with it. We got to (laughs) keep it (laughs) simple.
0: Oh my God, it's a struggle. Yeah, I think that's like the
1: thing, it's really hard. Like, But if you are listening to this and you're American and you're in college and you are on some type of chill plan, Abuse your powers, get every test <laughs> book
0: Um, <so. laughs> yeah, also I thought like I think like one percent or something of my listeners are from the US, but hopefully they'll boost up by, by this time. Hopefully, people, like get us on socials, and <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. know that's really interesting. I think you know, getting people's perspectives of like the, the same condition, but from different like areas of the world and how it's managed. And I think, um, you know, especially as like a medical student, and we learn a lot about chronic conditions and managing that and Understanding that it's not just like a medical thing, it's it's everything. The patient is, you know, multifaceted, and there's so many different things you need to work on. Um, and I guess respecting like the patient, I think add that respect is kind of two ways, isn't it? So I think if the doctor respects you and and you know your approach to, to managing things, you know, you know better than anyone how you're gonna feel and and this, that, the other. So um I think sometimes there is a bit of a lack of respect to, for, for patients and and like their view, and there is as you say gaslighting, um, and I think that's something that I as a medical student have noted, and I think I, that's something I want to make sure I don't do in my future practice. Inshallah, like I hope that I'm able to listen to my patients and understand that, and um, I think a lot of my listeners are medical students just because. I think a lot of them are my mates and like, so they'll, they'll you be they I guess you know. like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I, I think this goes for anyone. I think if you're, if you're struggling, if you're having symptoms, don't like, ignore them, you know, make sure you do go and get checked out because there might be a reason. I think fatigue is such a vague thing, but it could cause, it could be the result of so many different conditions or, yeah. or symptoms. Um, So yeah. that's really, that's really interesting. And to learn a bit about that. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like sort of you going into kind of becoming a holistic health coach and and your motivation behind that and maybe what it is that you're doing now and what your plans are for the future do you mind talking a bit about that
1: yeah so um so when I got diagnosed with my um thyroid it became a personality trait like Mm -hmm. I like (laughs) that was just me I was like I'm a thyroid chick but um because all (laughs) of my friends and like my family knew I was going like I just went on a healing journey like I like was just like changing my food like figuring out what worked for me same with working out and stuff like that and it was like I was really proud because like when I got better like I was like it was like a proud moment because like I went from like I could sleep like I was I could sleep literally back then like 10-12 hours I would wake I couldn't get out of bed like some days I'd have to cancel going to uni because I couldn't physically get out like I was like in bed like so in pain so to go from that to working out you know this amount of days like doing this like walking these much steps I was just so proud um my friends and family can see that so a lot of people just start asking me for questions they're like hey I feel this way what do you think I should do and I was giving my medical diagnosis and stuff like that I was like oh my god okay you're dealing with bloating like have you tried cutting have you tried doing this have you tried maybe waking up in the morning and not going straight to coffee you know simple things like that and like oh my god that worked for me or like during Ramadan like my friends with, like, like oh my god like I really like just want to like cleanse my body like I just want to feel good and again when I say cleanse nothing none of that juice craziness and stuff yeah. like that like you know eating whole foods and like like eating foods that make you good because like I think you I, I went to the UK you guys are kind of like us like my grandma always says that my grandma is from lives in Holland like the Netherlands, and she moved to the UK and she literally believes UK is like the trashiest place on earth and then she goes hey, in the US she's like at the bottom of the barrel and she said guys,
0: I'll just eat junk and I think we're kind it's of some- really bad isn't it where we're a fat nation actually and it's like not I mean I don't mean to be fat I'm not fat sh- shaming I think it's just in terms of like being actually you know unhealthily yeah. obese and um it is it is definitely like an epidemic of the west i think like you know of, of processed foods and, and things like that so yeah i know i think you grandma's yeah we're like that no we
1: everything's processed here like yeah like it's more expensive to get vegetables to, then to just get a bag of like chip, chips or crisps as you guys say or like you know like, that. like you know what I mean like it's insane like it's like crazy but so like they were I was just like helping them or like or like with workouts and stuff like that like what kind of workouts should I do da, da, da. I wasn't full-on training folks I actually did that a few a few weeks a few months ago and it was fun but I, I just did what my trainer told me to tell them to do but um hmm. so I was just like giving these inputs in the past few years and it just became kind of draining like it was a lot of people like my friends were me to their friends There you know it was like I got a hub like aunties all these things and I was like damn y'all
0: it's yeah. a lot of work like a lot of clients yeah.
1: to have so I was yeah. like okay um and as I started work and I was like okay like I really do, I really do love the beauty of technology and the change they can make and how innovative it can make the world and stuff like that but I still like um super passionate about wellness nutrition so I was like you know what maybe I can combine my passions and how um it look but I was telling uh, Amira earlier earlier I like did tech and econ in college I literally went to call university and I said I'm not taking a science class you guys cannot sign me up for science I'm not going to become a doctor I was like you will not find me in the healthcare field
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah the, oh, he's not gonna lie I'm joking <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the struggles <song> was <laughs> summer, summers
1: ago my personality trait was coming at kids who are pre-med I was like "Look, chem 142 people like it's like a it's like a chem prereq for our school the yeah. university I was at so I would just I was dragging these poor pre med kids and now I'm coming back trying to be in health it's so embarrassing <laughs> but, um, because I didn't have... <laughs> they all come crawling back don't they <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry I'm back but um I um because I didn't have no background and I had like to go to my master's I have no like pre-reqs yeah. I was like okay let me see if this is a field for me I'm gonna try to become a holistic health coach a holistic slash health coach whatever you want to go about it and like see how I like it, like help clients with like their chronic issues, just help them, um, come up with a plan to meet their health goals. mean um, when I say health, again, I'm not saying anything about weight. It's just to make people feel good. Like, um, you know, some things like if your biggest goal in life is to weight loss, you know, that's, that's on you. But for some people, it's like you have to. I, I always consult my friends. They're like, bro, I feel bad. I really want to lose weight. I'm like, ah, let's stop there. Yes, you want to do that, but how do you want to really feel? Like, do you want to change your bloating? Do you want to change your digestive system? Because it's like a lot of times when people are in a state that they don't like their body and how they feel, they have a lot of internal issues as well. Like, if you look at it, like like there's always a digestive part, there's always a gut issue. There's always like, oh, I don't, you know, I feel really tired. I don't have that manager. My, my blood sugar levels are off and stuff like that. So it's like, let's maybe start working on that. And then the weight loss and the weight man would inevitably come, if that makes sense. Like yeah, it's, it's one of, It comes with a package.
0: It comes with yeah, a package. Exactly. I always think that. I think, especially like stress and things like that, like the main thing to do is reduce your stress levels because you find that yeah you the weight does come off and and you know I mean sometimes I like to talk about weight sometimes I don't because I think you know people have different relationships with it and um but in terms of kind of just feeling good about yourself um whatever works for you like if it means gaining weight then that's fine if it means I think stress is a big thing. I think your diet is such a big thing. I think, you know, even as medical students and and, um, people on a lot of healthcare courses, we don't really learn a lot about the benefit of, of improving your diet and the benefits of exercise. We kind of just learn, okay, yeah, improve your diet, exercise, that's it. And sort of just tell the patient that as like an afterthought. We don't learn about how that can actually be instrumental as instrumental if not more so than medication for a lot of chronic conditions so yeah. I think you know your role as a holistic health coach is amazing because it kind of combines the medical side of things with your own experiences and your own kind of you know proven sort of um, techniques and remedies and I think there is definitely a space for that um I just wanted to kind of touch a little bit on sort of maybe if that's been influenced by because I know know trigger warning guys but I know you guys have you've spoken a bit about you having an ED and you know has that in any way shaped your journey towards this as well or do you think that it's something quite separate from it what would you say?
1: Yeah I think it is definitely interwined um I suffered from an eating disorder like I think I was officially medically diagnosed at 11 but when I look back into my life I think I had it as early as maybe seven eight because I was I went to summer school but I was fasting and like my parents had to like Shout out to my pediatric, my pediatrician. By the way, he's Muslim. Bless him, best doctor in the whole wide world. Oh, lovely guy. Oh, he like nice had to like him. come in and tell me it's not your age to fast Like I don't know what you're not getting no edge for this. Like just eat your breakfast, Cuddy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I was like looking at. I was I doing for the sake or was it just my ED? And that's a question we all should ask ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I have really dark humor, which is concerning. Um, but. Again, that's how I cope. So I hope people don't judge me. But yeah, I got um, when I was eleven, um, and I was just in a super intense restrictive phase. Um, at the age of eleven, I, for some reason, I heard one of the classmates say they were, again, like these are kids talking. So please do not think about this in an accurate way. But like eighty something pounds. She's like, I'm eighty pounds. Da, da, da. So in my head, I was like, okay, that's the age group. That's the weight I need to be at. You know, just a back thought. Went to the GP as you call it. Just, you know yearly check and he gave me a higher number and I was like okay yeah, yeah. I am really off but like at the age of 11 80 is not you know that's uh, the way I was at or whatever I think I was like I was got my period back I had my period really early at 10 so like
0: yeah obviously, yeah. yeah yeah I got mine early as well oh, boobs and everything I don't look hurt <laughs> it's just unfair isn't it like come on <laughs> <laughs>
1: like the way he and like my, I was healthy I was really good but in my head I was like yeah the number he gave me like I felt like I was like I think I told myself, "Girl, we gotta discuss this." And like that just triggered it. And I came back three months, like I think twenty something pounds lighter. And they were like, "What is going on?" And I told them I was like, "Y'all yeah, set me up." <laughs> like, and eleven year old me was going back, and they're like, "No, da da." It, it kept getting worse. I had to like get into an ED recovery program. And I think like um, I just kind of felt bad because like my parents had to stop what they were doing, and like. And like the way they would do it is like they would put me in a room and they put my parents in a room and like they would like kind of interview both of us to see like it was a weekly thing, like what I ate, what I was doing, like my exercise level and stuff like that. And I just felt like I was getting my parents in trouble. Like it just eternally made me feel really bad. But that did not change my eating habits or anything. I just like was yeah. like, you know what, I'm gonna manipulate them and just tell them everything is okay. And I need to get out of here because I don't want nobody to get in trouble. I just, I just like felt really bad. Um, and I still had the thoughts. I think I always say this to my friends and stuff like that. I think. Eating disorders, which it is, it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a mental health thing. It's just Mm -hmm. the way you think. And I think like sometimes, like just talking to my friends or just seeing how my siblings think, I like mashallah it Like you wake up and you don't think about food. You don't think Mm -hmm. about like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like it's a beautiful thing because it's like for so long in my life, like food, like not just food, like have my whole life was around like how I look, how I eat, how I feel. Um, what I would do to work out like if for me to feel good it's like I have to eat super light I have to work out I have I to do all these things and you know as I l- look into it I think that restricting myself at such a young age and doing all these things probably and stressing my body so much probably led to my you know autoimmune disease because like stress to the body as you said is so bad um and yeah. alhamdulillah like I think um as the years went on and stuff like that I have drastically got better and I've, I've, I think I've made that internal decision like I'm this is not gonna work Sorry, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I um I made that decision. Um, like, I'm gonna, for the sake of all, I just like this is this cannot be the way I think and this is not what I'm gonna do. Mm. Um and I think for me, it was like, I was like, okay, these recovery programs don't help me. Um and I just knew what worked or what not. I said, you know, one it was one Ramadan. I was like, I'm gonna dedicate this Ramadan to research what Islam says about restrict because my mom would always say for the past you should, like your body has rights over you you need to eat your body has rights over you like it's not fair how you're treating your body and I just thought she was just saying that you know those, they just be saying stuff I'm like oh you're just saying stuff like mm-hmm. but she was right she had she made several points bless her I mean, all bless my mom and then so I like researched and I realized like how you know all the things that all the hadith all these things and i think i just made a recent post about it but like you know in Islam, like our body doesn't belong to us it belongs to allah it's like a gift or a trust that allah gave to us our souls are us but like you know the physical body you have this is not us this is from god so i was like okay that's interesting um and i just looked into it spoke to a few and stuff like that and like just learned so much and like and the way i went i went from restrictive then i went straight up to binging
0: okay.
1: because a lot of times when people are restricting themselves they it's it's kind of inevitable. You go on a binging phase. So I would Hmm. full on restrict and then go at it. Um, And I was just, that was the back and forth. And then I went through the health kick. So I became super restrictive again. And that's like when I was talking about earlier. I think a lot of people, when they, um, I was seeing a post about PCOS, thyroid, all these uh, patients who have chronic issues, they're at a high risk to to get EDs because they're told, remove all these foods and you will get better. So then, and then, you know, logically you just start restricting yourself. Um mm-hmm. so it's like super easy just to fall into that. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, Alhamdulillah I think Islam for me played a, like a huge role um in being in a recovery state because like and I I think some people like were saying oh this will never work for me that and I'm like everybody's journey is different. Like I went through the ED recovery program, it worked for millions of people, it did not work for me cuz I just knew what works for me cuz I think as a devout muslim like you know, I like I'm kind of like whatever Islam says I'm okay with and I'll go with and like just like seeing how the prophet and like like all so much hadith and all these things and how they went about it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go about it. And I'm not saying like there's like full on heart, like back the prop. Like I'm aware that the prophets and the people were starving and they didn't have food and stuff like that. I'm not saying back then people had eating disorders, but there's like hadith and stuff like that. Like our body being a trust. Um, the other one being the prophet saying overeating is not healthy, and at least the health issues, which is you know uh, agrees with science and stuff like that. So um, and yeah, and also like. It, there's just so much I looked into, and I also learned a lot about, uh, Tiba was, like, the prophets, like, a way of living, wellness, and stuff like that, and just, like, seeing how that was not what I was doing, and the other thing that really helped me was that I think a lot of times, like, in Islam, like, if there's an ayah that says, like, we're a nation of balance, like, we were created to be the moderates, like, the people in the middle that don't go too extreme, and that don't go to, you know, we're right in the middle. So I was like, okay, for me to be right in the middle, I need to have a healthy lifestyle and a healthy balance. And last thing I'm going to end on this was like, because of my ED, it affected so much of my social life, about my spirituality, because sometimes I would binge so much that I couldn't physically pray standing. Um, I had to pray sitting because I was in a state of pain. So I was like, I can't be doing this anymore. Um, so I like just made that decision. And again, I think it's, people say I don't I personally believe like you could say you're fully recovered and that's on you but I always say I'm just gonna say I'm in a recovery journey because I know myself there's days that I wake up and I think about it you know you you kind of look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and it's like oh god um but yeah I thing for my ED, alhamdulillah it has gotten dramatically better like I can say right now I can I'm eating you know my three meals my snacks without that anywhere alhamdulillah which is beautiful um and I think, again, it's trusting God, trusting science, listening to, you know, people who studied this stuff. Um, I, you know, I listen to my trainers and stuff like that. I'm also, also really open with, it. again, everybody's really comfortable, but whenever I'm like a personal trainer, I just let people know my, most of my friends I just announce I'm like y'all yeah, I'm a ED. I'm recovering ED some days if y'all see me eating a little less than normal check up on me yeah, but maybe
0: yeah. you know what like I, I think everyone has their own thing and I think it's amazing that you are so open about it because I think a lot of people do struggle with it and you know as I, I think as you said it is you know a mental condition a, you know a, a psychological kind of the a, a whole in psychiatry to do with eating disorders so we do learn about these things and I think it's just interesting you talking about your religion and obviously you know Islam and how it kind of plays a role in in helping um did you like I just curious to ask you in terms of like Ramadan and sort of did that cause any kind of triggers for you did you not fast or I mean it's up to, you don't have to like share that but Because I know some people struggle and I've seen quite a few things on social media about kind of restrictive eating and having an eating disorder and how that affects Ramadan and and things like that. What was your personal take on that?
1: Yeah, I know everybody's journey is different. I can see why Ramadan's a huge trigger. I think um when I was um when I was like in my elementary school and stuff like that, my doctor, uh, bless him, he um, wasn't, he just told me, he, my parents and him was like, you can't fast and stuff like that. And maybe he's seen something coming that I didn't, but, um, I love, I always love fasting. And again, I don't, I, I think I'm just going to give myself benefit of the doubt. Maybe I love it for the sake of Allah And it's like a beautiful thing. And I do have that spiritual connection, but, you know, maybe it's the ED, but, um, I think Ramadan is really triggering for a lot of people because it does feed into that. Like, um, when I, remember I was talking to my friend, I was like, I really feel good during Ramadan. And I think a lot of times it's because my, th- it's really selfish to say this, but like, I don't have to think about my food and I feel really like, essentially like light, you feel kind of triggered I get skinny. Like, I feel really good. Like, okay, I didn't eat the whole day. I feel really good. Um, and I think it's a toxic way of thinking about it and stuff like that. So I can see why Ramadan is triggering and stuff like that. The only time I've struggled was Ramadan, like Ramadan has always been easy and I've always enjoyed it for self-reductions, I would say. Um, but my thyroid, I think, fasting with my thyroid has been so hard and it's been like emotionally draining sometimes so it's like um I have to take my medication so I have to like after everybody breaks their fast I don't have the communal effect of Ramadan so I have to take my medication and wait an hour essentially or wait 45 minutes so everybody eats everything and I just come back and I make myself a plate and like yeah yeah that like really like just killed me sometimes the other thing that really hurts is that like because um your sugar levels need to be balanced with that, So it's like you I kinda of have to eat every few hours and you have to because I'm not eating the whole day, I just my body's just I feel crashed. Like I just everything just feels I feel really weak. I feel really fatigued and like so the first week is really good. The second week is really good. So like I remember one time I was on' it's like the last 10 days and I was like full well, on crying at the dinner table. And I was like, are you okay? And I was like, I was like, I'm hoping my period comes today. Like I can't do this another day. Like mm-hmm. I literally just couldn't do it. I was like I was like dying. So that's like the one that impacted me the most. But yeah, I think Ramadan can be really hard it can be triggered I think the, the one thing I think for me for Ramadan has been is I like I always like for my way of thinking with my ED which is really bad Is like I used to think of Ramadan as that month to okay I'm gonna like reach I would have a target weight goal like yeah. I'm gonna like sh- this much weight and then when Eid comes I would be really disappointed if I didn't meet that
0: mm-hmm. um which is you know
1: yeah. yeah so it's like I've seen that happen too so um I think consult your doctors and if you know yourself deep down that Ramadan is gonna make you spiral you always can make up Ramadan when you're ready
0: um
1: so yeah I always yeah it's hard but yeah I think yeah I wish more people talked about it but like people with chronic issues Ramadan
0: is so hard (laughs) (laughs) I think it's something that's kind of sometimes considered like a bit of a taboo like and and it's quite sad really because there's so many people who do suffer with you know a lot of chronic conditions or EDs or any kind of, you know, and it, it's it's sad because our religion is so lenient, and there is so, you know, Allah, He makes the religion easy for us, and, um, you know, if we are struggling, if we are ill, you know, there is there is there are exceptions for us. So it, it is sad that there is that sort of. I I feel like maybe there is a bit of a stigma, or maybe there is a bit of a thing around that because um, I don't know for whatever reason, if it's like kind of. Yeah cultural input or whatever um, and and I, I think the more people talk about it maybe the more and the more sort of rhetoric there is about it maybe people's attitudes will change a bit and maybe our generation yeah. will be a bit different but yeah that's yeah. interesting yeah a
1: lot of young girls I've literally met like I think the age of like 12 and to 15 is when people develop a lot of EDs like I've like I've seen so much younger I was like 13 like you think they're a baby and their mom's like yeah she's like I remember like what broke my heart almost cried we're at dinner and my little cousin was not like she like it was at, like we're at a buffet and she just was being weird like everybody had their plates all the kids like stuffed their plates and she was like doing this and I was like I was like, oh she's a picky eater or something like, I honestly thought she was just picky her mom aunt, was like nah she's like you she's started the calorie counting bs that you used to do and like she's 12
0: oh my gosh oh,
1: she was 11 maybe she's 11 I right? think and I was like what and then my aunt looked at me she's like that was you that's how I used to look at you that was you you used to do this and I was like it's just so sad cause I'm like she's a baby yeah. like why like in my head I'm like and again I did the same thing as her but I'm like who what where I want to know who taught you this like because like
0: mm, you should be able to enjoy you know what I mean?
1: yeah and like and her it's like and it sounds like once you get your period you need to start fasting and a lot of girls get that period around that time so it's like
0: mm. it's hard mm, that's it it's kind of like the catch yeah it's not the catch-22 but it's kind of you know you're in that kind of phase where you are developing and you're surrounded by so much pressure from people from society um peers who you know they might they might not be the same kind of build as you or i remember like as a young girl like i i did feel very self-conscious i think um and because especially if you start developing earlier you know you go through puberty a little bit earlier to maybe your I mean my white counterparts they went you know through puberty a little bit later and so you know you kind of have these kind of body image problems and that can all feed into it um and I think a lot of people struggled with some sort of either restrictive eating or you know body dysmorphia and I kind of just wanted to touch a little bit on kind of that aspect of things um and did i see i don't know if i saw a post on you and like how hijabis and body body dysmorphia and and things like that and i just wondered if you would be able to maybe shed a a bit of your opinion on that and how we can encourage each other to try and overcome that in a way if if there is a way to do so um
1: yeah so yeah i would love to so basically um i like i literally like my mom Still says this, she's like, You don't know your size. I got her. She's like, Mom always goes, I don't know how to sell you this, but you be buying like stuff that are not your size. Like, we're always going to like the, 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 I need to start learning English because I say some lie my words. The I'd love to learn a bit. <laughs> <laughs> i have gone like just like straight up, like, we have to go to the altar and they always have to customize it because it was always ordering like. Yeah. above my size it's insane and it's just it's like it's a mental thing it's like body me. it's like when people just see themselves in a different light like their body image and everything in a different light and it's a negative light sometimes and I think hijabi is the way the way I made the connection was and a lot of people like thousands of people who were like relating just like them, like insane Like I was like oh my god I did not know this is like a huge issue but I like deep down thought about it but it was I was having people related to it as well but like obviously like living in the west like everybody is dressed in a certain way
0: Mm.
1: and like for a modest reason we're wearing like looser leaf clothes and stuff like that and a lot of our cultures like I'm 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 gonna be the one to say a lot of our cultures are big on fat shaming big on like just throwing words about your body and like how you look and stuff like that like aunties Mm -hmm. will like make a statement if you gain a pound or two like they're like yeah stop on the brownies you know what I mean it's like you kind of have to grow up doing that um and when I from my experience like because I'm wearing like looser clothes and stuff like that you kind of don't know what you look like your body looks like and you kind of feel really self-conscious yeah. um so like for me like that bias or like when I'm when I used to like if I'm wearing like a dress and stuff like that and if it's like really loose I just feel like I'm dragging the whole world with me um mm-hmm. and I felt really like out of body experience sometimes um and for my friends like I was a lot of my friends like that were hijabis like wore hijab for so long and like you know they don't see themselves removing the hijab but they like have this like, internal battle because it's, like it's like really hard to like they literally like feel so ugly like it's like they cannot like control it and it's really hard for them to leave the house sometimes to dress like it's like you feel just disturbed um and like i literally felt like that like i i always like i'm always like trying to like figure out can i wear something that can i wear something looser like and also the other thing is like with the rise of social media you see about a lot of like mashallah beautiful like modest influencers hijabi influencers who are really beautiful but again a lot of times like like the fashion industry, petite, small, like small, like petite. And again, like 100%, yeah, 100%. I'm a speaker. I, they fit my narrative. I'm a, uh, y'all probably can't hear this because it's a podcast, but I'm short petite. Like, you know, I'll come out the closet, but again, I still struggle with this too, but
0: mm. you know, you
1: look into them and some things look really nice on them. And you're like, oh my gosh, like that skirt looks really nice. And then that dress, looks that you know, that top looks really mm-hmm. nice on them. You get it. You don't feel the most cute in it. And you're like, oh, damn, I hate the spot. Like, you know, you just, mm. um.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: I've mm-hmm. seen that like a lot of my friends and I discussed it and I got really tired of it like a few years ago. Um, I think it was, it was the last year or the year before. I like once start going to the masjid, uh, like start going to halakha and stuff like that. And, like the sheikh was like giving us, it was actually a British sheikh. It was a British.
0: Oh, Yeah. 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 <laughs> Y'all. Uh, yeah, he was like,
1: uh, <laughs> put her big on the Islam thing. <laughs> oh, oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> They should have a series oh man I should put this out there that we're British and American Muslims just argue because I feel like we're really different our oh really
0: people. I've seen the Twitter beef I've seen the Twitter beef and I'm like bro it's actually a bit savage like I genuinely I'm like guys we're one ummah. <laughs> but no it's crazy though it's crazy <laughs> yeah you guys um, are really
1: different yeah he basically <laughs> was like he was giving us he was giving me advice on like ways to dress more modest and stuff like that and he really got me so I was like okay I'm gonna order like really really loose leaf stuff like i was ordering like um indina tokyo shout out i love her she's like one of my favorite, favorite muslims in the scene yeah. like she's amazing she actually struggles with um eating and she's open about it and I, and I love her discussions about it and stuff but she has a style where she wears a lot of oversized stuff and mm-hmm. i really liked it on her and it's like really modest And i was like okay i'm gonna get that and so when i got that it was like okay i should get out of like an extra large maybe or a large i was getting two xls so things were just like I was just yeah. dragging it, and I, I was like, okay, I don't want to, like, I don't want to waste it, I'll just wear it, and as time went by, I literally, like, felt really self cautious I couldn't start, I couldn't wear my, my normal clothes anymore, like, I felt really, like, I was so, I was noticing my arms, I was like, oh, these are, you know, just start critiquing every part of my body, and stuff I was like, mm. okay, no, so, like, what I, I was like, you know what, this is not okay, like, I see myself spiraling, like, this is just pissing me off, because I feel like the way I see it, my ED, but I just see it as it's, 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 like, it's inconvenience. It's like, I wake up and I'm out here thinking about how I look like. Really? Like there's other things going on in the world of ham. Let's like remove this like inconvenience and focus on what you have to do. So I like was like, you know what? I'm gonna just donate things that make me feel uncomfortable and stop going to the narrative that I'm gonna either lose weight. I'm gonna change something in my body to feel comfortable in them. Cause like you really can't change comfort. And also like, clothes everybody I honestly believe everybody's body is beautiful you just got to find what style looks for you yeah and sometimes you're not going to fit into the trends you know
0: and I think it's really interesting because I started wearing hijab um like 2020 so like just before Ramadan 2020 so quite recently actually and obviously coming with that I mean I tried to sort of make my fashion more modest prior to that um, and sort of transitioning to wearing a hijab but I've really found that it's a struggle in a way to kind of feel modest but also feel good about yourself as well and I know because I know obviously modest fashion is important and I'm not underestimating that at all and I I love dressing modestly but I think there's this whole there's this thing where I think a lot of people who, who wear the hijab or who don't but who try to dress more modestly they may feel perhaps maybe it's due to society and Instagram and things like that, but they don't feel attractive. They don't feel good. And it's because they're not feeding into that kind of, there's a very narrow sort of, um, how do I say Like a narrow kind of, category of attractive or whatever um and a definition of attractive in this day and age and it's kind of like you see these kind of petite hijabis and I was actually talking to my friend about it the other day but you see these kind of very like, cute petite hijabis on Instagram and they very much are very beautiful but it's kind of like I feel like there's almost maybe I'm maybe I'm just being controversial here but I feel like there's almost like a fetishization of that sort of that sort of category if you like um of Islamic modest fashion but actually a lot of women choose not to wear those kinds of clothes but they don't feel that they fit into either category they don't feel like they fit into like the western standards of beauty but equally yeah. they feel that they fit into those sort of cutesy curated hijabi looks do you know what I mean I don't know if yeah. I make any sense to you but yeah. I've, I've really struggled in for me anyway like in feeling and I know I don't want to sound like I'm superficial because I'm but I think it's very normal for a woman to want to feel beautiful and to want to feel attractive. And I think that's been one of my biggest challenges is, is to feel like, how can I feel beautiful and, you know, love myself, but at the same time, please God. And do you know, I and mean, have that kind of, it's a bit of a an internal kind of battle like you have, yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like
1: you know that? Really yeah. I feel like a lot of Muslim women deal exactly what you're dealing with. And like, on top of that, like, you kind of don't. The West doesn't does not really promote your hijab. They're kind of telling you to remove your hijab. They're like you're oppressed, and then in the Muslim community, you're getting shamed. You, you can wear any hijab. They're like immodest. Like hands up. Like
0: yeah. you
1: know what I mean. And it's yeah. like, but like for some girls, it's like for me to wear this hijab, I have to wear tight clothes. Like because I feel like everybody, like let's start from the modern foundation everybody deserves to be beautiful whether that's superficial whether that's not with you you don't agree or not like you wake you want to wake up in the morning feeling like you love your own body and i think that soundly speaking should be it's okay because it's like you know i like said in my post like you know allah created us in the best mold. like we need to remind ourselves that allah like everybody in this world allah literally says in the quran god again if you're not muslim like he created you in the best shape like just you're the, you're you're in the you're the best of the best like you know what i mean yeah. um and i think knowing that it's like okay you want to feel like the best of the best you don't want to feel like disgusting you don't want to feel little and stuff like that and mm-hmm. as you said like I think the other thing is like petite joys. one thing that I always have to remind myself is like these instagram models don't look like this every day like yeah. they don't wear these like extravagant stuff because I'm like girl like how are you wearing this <laughs> nice tight dress going every to, like day? Starbucks
0: and like they're wearing these like lengas, like yummy know I and these leng like clothes and like all this jewelry and like do you know what I mean? Marta, they're looking stunning Marta, don't get me wrong but I think it's really when you're surrounded by that and I think that's why a lot of the time I have to take a break from social media just because I genuinely if I'm on constantly bombarded by those things and I think a lot of people relate it's just so easy to get kind of caught up in that and and feel it feel that pressure so you're yeah you're right yeah they don't look like that all the time guys just letting you know (laughs) they really don't
1: and like I think it's like I something that really has helped me is like every season like getting rid of clothes like you got that probably don't you don't feel the most beautiful and whatever and donating it to a local charity or whatever like that yeah. and like I think that helps clean out your closet you know get it and then get a few items like staple items so mm-hmm. like getting a long sleeve black shirt that works for you, you feel like the most beautiful maybe getting two of those so you can like style it with other pieces of clothing and stuff like that and to not look at these modest fashion trends because like well, it changed so much. Like, it's actually so hard to keep up. Like, they got the meaty skirts going on, then they drop it. And they go, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, I can't keep up. But you got to find, like, you got to find something that you feel the most beautiful and comfortable in. Again, my friends are probably listening to this, like, I'm the least stylish person. And that is true. the clothes I wear I feel comfortable and I can confirm that
0: that's me because I feel like I've never really been like big on sort of fashion and I think like I'm recently I've been a bit more kind of into it I think actually since I started wearing hijab I've tried to find my own fashion and and things like that and my own it it, you know feeling good in my clothes and stuff but I genuinely I feel, feel like you know as long as you're comfortable in what you're wearing as long as you're confident that's the main thing and I think um it's easy to kind of get caught up in like you know the latest trends and and what these brands are showing and and sort of there's a lot of fast fashion going on as well and that's a whole other topic for another day um but you know it's it's like we're kind of being bombarded left right and center by all these different you know be it islamic modest fashion or like you know brands certain brands that promote modesty modesty um and then every sort of other week they're changing up their trends and then you've got like big brands like H&M or like you know uh, you know ASOS or whatever kind of coming at you with with all their adverts and and then you've got your mom telling you what to wear and you've got your your friends and what they're wearing and you feel like where do i kind of fit into all this and do i need to fit in and do i need to maybe change the way i dress and um it's hard on young girls, and it's hard it's hard on girls and, and women anyway, but especially young girls who are trying to find themselves um, and sort of, you know, do they need to change the way they dress because of people or because of what people are saying? Um, yeah. Yeah so I, I I hear you and I think you know this is such an interesting topic I, I feel like I'm gonna have to cut this short because obviously I've got to pray and stuff but it was really it's really been really interesting I'd love to like maybe have another chat about these kinds of things because I think a lot of people do relate to those but mm. just wanted to touch a little bit on maybe like social media and obviously we've spoken a little bit about it but do you feel like growing up like you've had like maybe good or bad experiences with it and and how have you kind of overcome it? And um, what's your relationship like at the moment with it? Do you mind? Um,
1: yeah, I like, I'm 23. So look, I guess I did grow up in the age of social media. Um, I've always been the tech savvy kid. So I've always like understood the back, like just all aspects of social media and stuff. I like, hmm, I think I have an interesting relationship with social media. I'm those people who like just decide one day they're going to get off and I get off. So like I like in 2019, like at the end of it, actually was in the UK I think I'm telling you the uk be influencing me a little too much y'all I was in the UK I deleted my social media I was like okay it was the end of 2019 I miss London I need to come visit but I was like you know what I was like I want to start this new age 2020 yeah (laughs) it's
0: funny shout out famous last words like you know what I mean
1: you know um yeah so like I um went through a huge cleanse you know what's so funny like they should just oh my gosh the way 2019 was so perfect and 2020 just slapped the crap out of everybody And Honestly, this year's
0: actually mad it's actually mad no but the worst thing was that people were like 2020 is gonna be my year and it's like bruh what year like what year are you actually talking about
1: maybe we gave 2020 evil eye guys we Honestly, all like I
0: think we did, you know? I feel like they did I mean you know <laughs> we really
1: did yeah no I dead was like I'm getting off like you know, I'm out, I'm gonna like change my life. So, and I'm happy I did that cleanse. Cause like once I got off that cleanse, I was able to, I was reading about this actually, like I think a lot of like, they've been finding out you're the doctor here, but a lot of people, a lot of young people have been having ADHDs and just a lot of like focusing issues and like a lot of like yeah. stuff. And one of the things that people say, like is that like, stop bombarding your brain. Like when you wake up in the morning, don't go on your phone and stuff like that. Cause it's like, if you think about it, you log into Instagram and you're saying, you're seeing like thousands of people, like, i'm caught up in the uk holland I'm, I'm caught up in egypt i'm everywhere in the world at any given time and it's just That's so much here, yeah why do i care what fatima's eating in the morning like what what does that got to do for my brain like why do i got to sit here and think about what fatima is going out like where's where, where she's vacationing it's just like okay I really so, don't right and
0: what seeing on stories and yeah i i mean didn't realize it. yeah you are you're literally everywhere at once like it is mad. I mean, it's amazing because obviously we're doing this, like, that's incredible, like, it's not like, like, that we can do something like this. But at the same time, yeah, you have such a, so much, like, overstimulation of your brain in the morning and it's not healthy. Um, but it, it's like an addiction, though. It's like, and it's like compulsion almost. Like, you just kind of, like, feel compelled to click on Instagram. Um and it's just mad I think yeah I think I feel like similar to you like I've had like times when I've just come off social media for like months and I feel so much better like I'm so much more productive but then there's also that kind of FOMO like fear of missing out like I'm like oh yeah like like oh do you see Thingy's post like no I didn't because I'm not on insta like oh like you can see this meme or like I don't know It's this kind of like you have this battle but then when you're on it it's like does anyone even care that I'm here does anyone even care that I'm on this like my real friends would actually reach out to me and text me or whatever like they wouldn't need me to be on socials do you know what I mean
1: no literally I think that like him when I I got off social media like I literally like discovered like the beauty of private life like because I think back like in college and uni days, like, I was like, I honestly, like, always taken, I was, like, super, like, superficial, like, I had my own personality, and I had my social media personality, which I think a lot of people do, like, yeah. like people are just, like, super, like, like <laughs> again, I'm not saying don't get canceled, like, if you have a bad, fr- if you are racist, keep your racism
0: online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we didn't have room for racism here, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, imagine people no,
1: are like, what? Yeah, I was, I was, no, yeah, so, like, I think, like, what I got back on, and, like, I, know, like, I finally, like, changed my page to a health page because I think, like, my family was concerned because I was posting the most out of pocket stuff on my social media feed. I mean, if you followed me, like, maybe two months ago, were well, you in that interview, like, you were still interview but you would be, like, damn, this guy's crazy. Like, I was, like, just, like, memes, like, posting funny content. Like, I just, like, was, like, showing people my personality and stuff, and I'm, I'm still hoping to keep that because I honestly think, like, girls are funny and, like, we suppress our personalities. Oh, my gosh,
0: that's true. For-
1: I think girls are funny. Men are not funny. And I literally oh, have to
0: speak. Okay. Men really- Thank you. Thank you. We've got someone. Yes. For the record, guys. Girls are actually hilarious. Like, if you, like, honestly, it's actually quite, it's a bit of a shame, to be honest, because I feel like men won't really truly know how funny we are. Because if you have a group of girls, a group of sisters, I'm not being, like, it's just, it's incredible. Like, we're we're just doing the most. like, <laughs> And also, like, can we emphasize...
1: Muslim women are funny and they're sober. Like, I remember when studying abroad, do you guys have, is that what you guys call studying abroad?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, and someone studying around South Africa and my group kept saying, she's sober, bro. She's doing all this and she's sober. <laughs> yes, and I was like, we don't you? need alcohol
0: to have fun. We don't need it, honestly. Some of, some of our best, oh my gosh, like, my 21st birthday party was just hilarious like it was <laughs> I didn't know what we were on some kind of high like it wasn't even it was it was no drugs were involved guys no drugs it was literally just no but, can we
1: do I you know what's the best bond like when some Muslim girls are out like late okay aunties don't keep me not super late but you know like you got dinner and you're coming late and you have those drunk bros. The drunk bros and the Muslim girl like just relationship and they just start dancing.
0: They're like, ah! Actually, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Like because I live in um well, I don't know if I should say it, but I'm from like a, um, a city. So I think I think you guys probably will know where I'm from. But anyway, um so where I'm from is there's a lot of nightlife going on. And so it's quite funny because like you know there's a group of us Muslim girls and then we're in like the shopping center or we're you know we're out going into desserts and then there's like all these drunk guys just like just chilling um and uh you know it, it's just funny it's a funny like dynamic but it, it's just hilarious like I think um I think in a way like it's quite sad because I feel like we feel that we need to suppress ourselves maybe because of men and maybe because of our religion or we feel like maybe it's taboo to be having fun having a laugh and I think you know as you said before a religion is about moderation obviously within the bounds of the religion it's fine and I think um understanding like each other and 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 kind of getting on with each other and having that bond um is so important and that's si- element of sisterhood um we don't really talk about sisterhood much like but I think it's it's really underestimated what do you think about that um, yeah no, 100% I
1: think like well I like I think like the obviously this life is temporary but I feel like everybody should just have a laugh as you say and just good, have a good time and like if you're, I feel like you, you said it best like once you get your good sisters like Muslim sisters or that's why like my mom always says this because like me and my sister are a bit different like my sister has like a mix of non-Muslim and Muslim friends and like I have non-Muslim friends but I'm not as close like my a, a group of my I have a lot of friends but like a good chunk of them like all my close friends are Muslim I just think having going out with your Muslim sisters and stuff like that you don't feel less than you don't feel like oh I'm missing out on something like that and like you know I think a lot of times, like, you know, and everybody's different. If you live in a, an area that doesn't have that much Muslims, I think it's so beautiful because, like, if I had to go out with my non-Muslim friends, especially if you're over the age of 21, obviously they're going to, have a glass of go wine, you know, and all these things and, like, yeah. just talk about stuff you can't relate to. And I think some, that's when you kind of feel like, damn, am I really missing out? Whereas if you go with a bunch of, you know, Muslim sisters, same life, same everything. No, but you're not <laughs>
0: yeah. missed
1: out on Jum'a. She'll tell you what she missed out on Jum'a, but that's about it
0: yeah and finding your people I think because I spoke a little bit about this in my first podcast actually just like finding kind of the people and and being around the right kind of people um yeah. and you are the product of those people aren't you the people you hang out with the most so if you kind of are in the wrong crowd for whatever reason you know um it can be very hard to get out of it and it can be very um you can feel a lot of pressure to do things that maybe won't be you know within the bounds of the religion and um it's a struggle growing up i think in in the west and in a country that is not muslim or predominantly muslim and and keeping that identity but also having your personality and and being able to have that in tandem and i think um a lot of the time people feel like the religion and and being a muslim you have to be very serious all the time you have to be very xyz and i think also the hijabi there is this kind of notion that you know a hijabi won't be able to like have a bit of banter or have a laugh and stuff like that but you know I don't know about you but I just love to I love to have a laugh I love to joke around and I think you know not take like let's not like to take life too seriously and I think some people are quite shocked by that um but it's it's just it's just interesting that you know people have that kind of preconceived idea do do you you think about that do you feel like people have that with you as well or would you say it's a bit different?
1: yeah I think they do because I think I think it's like too so like I feel like the non-muslim like western world like looks at you and they're like because it's like at work so again I said I was in tech and like tech is not diverse y'all don't let them fool you don't let them get you to the trenches it's not diverse so it's like a lot of times when I go to meetings and stuff like that like everybody in the room is like oh lord we got this black muslim just sitting here everybody's like they're always like what's your name I don't want to butcher it you get through the awkward motion and then like as time goes by they go oh wow like oh, okay, and, like, well, this one girl came out the closet, I liked her, honestly, she was, like, you know, she's, like, and they called me alarm guys, because they can't say Ahlam, yeah, yeah, in
0: yeah.
1: America, we like to not assimilate here, she was, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, she was, like, when I first met you, I didn't think we were gonna have anything in common, so like, I'm from the military, you know, mm-hmm. I did what I had to do, and you are different than me, and I was, like, yeah, you're right, and she was, like, but she's, like, oh, my gosh, girl, she's, like, you're just an ordinary young girl in her 20s just yeah. like me we have so, so much in common I was like oh that's so cute I'm like you're right I, I am normal thank you yeah, so
0: my um, to- normal like <laughs> <laughs> thanks I really needed the opinion of someone else to tell me but no it's it's amazing and it's so interesting how people can be so shocked by it and I think yeah even like in healthcare and stuff like that and and um you know having that kind of back and forth with people and sometimes my placements are in places that you know predominantly white and you know they might i'm the only kind of person of color in the room let alone the only hijabi or do you know what i mean and and having that and even things like you know going to pray or like just just kind of casually doing those things and not making a big deal about it and people i think people can be shocked that you can integrate but also still maintain and and retain your your identity and yes One thing
1: I'll say is, if you're unapologetically yourself, and I think the British people listening to this are going to be triggered, because I'm already speaking broken English, and I added broken, broken English to it. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all.
0: No, you don't like your English. I stumble all the (laughs)
1: times. If you're unapologetically, from my experience, like, when I have, like, been my most unapologetically Muslim, like, people have been the most, like, accepting, and they're like, okay, like, this person's a 100% 100% confident and love who they are, who am I to question? I'm going to accept them for who they are, if that makes sense. So that works. like, like I think a lot of people, like, again, I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I live in a super liberal city, um, born and raised in one of the most liberal places in the world. So, like, from my experience, it's like, when I say, like, hey, this time I'm going to need a five-minute break, I need to go to prayers, okay? Like, you know, just, like, letting them know. It's more like, okay, but if you're, like, kind of hesitant, if you're, like, kind of hiding yourself, because I have friends who are not hijabis, and, like, they kind of do, like, kind of I don't know how you hide your. Like, if your name is Fatima, I don't know if you don't wear the hijab or not, babes. We all know you're Muslim. Yeah. We're assuming yeah. you're Muslim. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they kind of like find it hard to like, you know, confirm. But it's like the one thing though I would say is that like, I just wish corporate America all these jobs and stuff like that would do a better job explaining different people in different walks of life because I hate doing the education thing like when it's read I come back and I'm out here like sending essay so yeah we are celebrating today because prophet Abraham and yeah, oh, you, yeah. you have prophet Abraham too that's crazy did wow. not know
0: <laughs> <laughs> like whoa mind blown um, no, yeah. that's so true. I, I think this is such an interesting conversation we're having. Um, and I, I'm, I'm actually annoyed because I'm going to have to cut this short because I have to go pray and maghrib guys. Um, but I really loved speaking to you. Ahem. I think we, you know, we, we just literally guys, we just met again online. I don't think you guys know you're noticing this trend, but I'm just kind of like seeing people on Instagram, like I think I'd vibe with you and let's just have a chat like on this podcast. And, you know, I mean, and it's, it's great. I love it. I love networking. And I think I've learned so much about, you know, your condition and, and your journey as a health coach. And I think you know, I think everyone will have definitely taken a lot of interesting points and pearls of wisdom um, from what you've had to say. And um, thank you so much. And I just wanted to kind of maybe end on like one thing, one thing, thing that you maybe would be able to tell yourself if your you're maybe like i don't know 10 11 year old self what would you what would you like to say to your 10 11 year old self um
1: the world is really beautiful and you do not have to focus on like the artificial things such as eating such as working out like it's okay it gets better i'd say that
0: well i love that i love that thank you so much that's such a beautiful beautiful sentiment And um, thank you so much ahlam um inshallah you know I'd love to we'd love to like maybe collaborate again I think it'd be amazing and you know I will where can people find you where can people find you on Instagram
1: health at health with ahlam um so health normal
0: spelling with
1: normal spelling and a h l a a m
0: oh amazing okay thank you so much again I hope you have a lovely is it sunday for you now Sunday's yeah,
1: Sunday morning, still
0: <laughs> morning. Yeah, so it's, it's evening now. Um, and I'll try and get this podcast out. I don't think I'm going to edit it because I think we just have an amazing run, alhamdulillah. Um, but yeah, um, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I've said thank you a million times, but um, and this you so you so
1: is amazing. I'm so excited. Oh, thank
0: you. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to this episode um if you want to follow us we are on instagram or i am on instagram at on a level pod um and stay tuned for more episodes thank you so much again for all the love and support that you've been showing the podcast um and i'm really excited to see where this is going to go inshallah um big love big love (laughs)